doctoral project on the subject of prayer. I wrote in the final report, Prayer is a mystery, hidden in the wisdom of God, yet a privilege given to the most simple of believers. Prayer is an invitation to speak with God. Prayer, in sad irony, sustained the Son of God in His earthly walk, yet all too rarely commands the discipline of modern disciples. During the months-long project, I led the congregation to explore teachings and practices of prayer. Many participated in the classes, and they listened to the cutting-edge technology of cassette tapes for daily guidance. Now, you younger listeners can search online for cassette tapes to figure out what those are. The project was a great experience of learning for me, and I hope it was for them. Hi, I'm Larry Payne, your host of Tracks for the Journey. I hope to enhance your well-being through cr progressive Christian spirituality, psychology, history, and science. In today's world, I recognize that many people have real trouble with prayer. In this episode, I want to explore the barriers that hold some back from this transformative practice. I think there may be a connection between uh, how we think about our own identity and how we practice prayer. We might be deterred from practicing by misunderstanding our interaction with God, underestimating our own self-worth, or being unaware of the privilege of creating the future. So let's break down these barriers to thrive in our emotional well-being. I think of prayer as any communication with God. Now, there are many types of prayer, including praise, lament, confession, and more. I'm focused today on petitionary prayer, in which we talk with God about a need that we feel. Now, all prayer carries a presupposition, of course. It is the presupposition that I can give and receive messages with God. That's an amazing assertion, really. <laughs> For one thing, God must encompass all the universe, all 200 billion trillion stars, and all the creatures that may inhabit their worlds. God, I think, can best be conceived as being itself, the source and sustainer of all love, life, and energy in this vast universe. To pray is to believe that God is aware and cares for all creatures in this incomprehensibly immense place. My conscious presence as a person on this planet Earth is as small as the nano-archaea microbe, the smallest earthly organism, compared to the Condor Galaxy, which is more than 500 million light-years across. Now, some say it's just a fantasy to believe that God could be aware of me. That may be true. But I take comfort in the millennia of believers who have experienced something of God, something of this universe transcending everything they ever knew in a real and powerful way. Now, in theology, this is called relational theism, asserting that God is in dynamic relationship to every creature in the universe. The divine is in around and through every aspect of each creature in accordance with their own capabilities. This belief is foundational on every page of the Bible. 
And further, relational theism believes God responds, changes, and grows with every such event. We truly are in a dance with God. Theologian Tom Ord says it this way, God and creatures influence others, and others influence them. Creatures affect God's experience, and the divine experience changes in response. God's nature is eternally unchanging, but as an experiential agent, God gives and receives in relations with creatures and creation. So to summarize what I think, Prayer is central to this synergistic harmony. I hope you can grab on to this amazing miracle of God relating to you in this very moment. Now, if that's too cerebral, then think of Margaret. In the popular book and movie by Judy Bloom, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. A teenage girl brings her struggles of growing up to life. She prays, and she seeks to find out how God might be active in her life. At one point, she prays, Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I just told my mother I want a bra. Please help me grow, God. You know where. Another barrier to prayer deals with our own self-worth. Psychology recognizes self-worth as a foundational component for emotional well-being. Self-worth, or self-esteem, is the capacity to define who you are and how you feel about that identity. This judgment process in a social world infiltrates every thought and behavior. If a boy has identified himself as having athletic prowess, then he will enjoy his teammates on the softball field. If a girl has identified herself as likable, then she'll probably talk with her friends at lunch. As psychologist Matthew McKay writes, self-esteem is essential for psychological survival. Let me paraphrase this by saying that self-esteem is essential for prayer and spirituality. Prayer is the language of one worthy being with another. Worth is a social property a symptom of how I see myself in relationship to a family or community. And when thought patterns of worthlessness and shame dominate our thoughts, then we don't want to connect with anyone else. That negative voice inside our head may have messages like, I'm not smart enough to get this job, or no one wants a friend like me. Such toxic messaging erodes how we perceive the value of our life. And tragically, our connection with God and ultimate meaning suffers as well. Now, I'm sad to confess that the church in America has conveyed such toxic messaging as theological truth at times. Blacks were enslaved for centuries, forced behind walls of segregation, and even now suffer from systemic injustice. Native Americans were branded as mere savages to be driven out to the fringes of society. Women were crushed by devaluing messages under patriarchal systems. Gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transsexual persons are even today victims of violence and exclusion at the hands of those who profess 
God is love. Just this month, Texas enacted a law banning gender-affirming care for minors, taking action against the guidance of every medical and psychological professional organization, and reversing years of effective treatment for gender gender dysphoria. This is so wrong, medically, emotionally, and ethically. It will be detrimental to thousands of youth and families. And as we look across these centuries, we know that millions have been traumatized by such evil systems. The church has advocated or accommodated these horrific actions and attitudes, betraying the teachings of Jesus to follow the idols of culture and fear. Now, if your spirituality has suffered from this, try to break through the human failure and listen to the deeper truths of Jesus. In his teachings, we find the foundation for worth and esteem. As one example, consider the first words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father is how it begins. And in these simple words, Jesus declares that all of us are beloved children of God, welcomed to share in God's image. You're valued so much that Jesus gave up his life to join in our suffering and bring the transformational power of love. I would encourage you, turn towards those truths even if some religious institutions fail to heed them. You can overcome the false messages which demean your worth. Consider this as a mantra, saying to yourself, I am a beloved and worthy child of God. Let that resonate with your soul. I am a beloved and worthy child of God. And this God of love invites you for the dialogue of prayer today. Hey friends, did you know that Tracks for the Journey is available in book form? All the episodes from 2020, 2021, and 2022 are collected in paperback and Kindle versions. There's one for each one of those years. The newest volume, 2022, has 13 chapters, including an episode entitled 40 Billion Miles, in which I reflect on 70 years of life, Agents of Change, that links open and relational theology to our personal well-being, and of course the always popular Sex is okay with God. So you can go to Amazon and search for Tracks for the Journey under my name, Larry Payne. There you can find each of these volumes and you can order yours in paperback or in Kindle. I invite you to get one for yourself and one for a friend. And thank you so much for your As a final part of today's episode about prayer and self-esteem, let me share a truth that may draw you to a new excitement about prayer. Through prayer, we are creating the future with God. The future is open, and each moment builds on the reality of the past, the influences of the present, and the aims for what is yet to be. God has not predetermined with unilateral power and finality what will happen tomorrow. 
The day of your death, for instance, is not written in some secret book, nor is the winner of the 2050 Super Bowl. You, God, and many other factors are linked in a matrix of interaction. This truth makes prayer vital. Every prayer is a thrilling collaboration with God to actualize a better world. Decades ago, in that work on prayer with that local church, I had a glimpse of that truth, and I wrote in my dissertation, Prayer, like the plow of the farmer or the centrifuge of the researcher, works in God's world to change it for good. Now back then, I had a classic but inadequate view of God as a faraway ruler of the universe who might grant a prayer I made. Today, I set the awe-inspiring reality of prayer within the teachings of process theology. Process theology embraces the basic truth that the universe itself is dynamic, evolving, changing, and interconnected. God is within this dynamic universe, influencing all things, even as all things in turn affect God and others. This makes prayer critically important. The words of theologian Bruce Epperly help us. He writes, When we pray, we align ourselves with God's vision for us and experience greater divine energy. Our prayers in an interdependent universe create a field of force that enables God to be more active in the lives of ourselves and the lives of those for whom we pray. Our prayers create new possibilities for divine and human activities and may influence the non-human world in amazing ways. <laughs> so if that's too cerebral, let's go back to our young friend Margaret. <laughs> we laugh at her naive prayer about her bust size. And we know that this in reality is a product of genetics fixed at the moment of conception. Both God and Margaret do have an influence, however, on this subject. God would be drawing Margaret to good nutrition healthy exercise, and positive body image. But Margaret must implement this lure of God toward well-being in her practical living, and her choices will make the path that she walks on. She could stray from that path by becoming obese, or she could become a marathon runner with an A-cup size, or she could want surgery to fulfill her body image cravings. The future of Margaret and her breasts is indeed open, a divine human collaboration that is yet to be known. But in all cases, God's non-coercive and all-pervasive love will seek in each moment to companion Margaret to her best life. Psychologist Mark Karras uses a term I appreciate by calling this work conspiring prayer. He writes, conspiring prayer is performed with God rather than to God. Conspiring prayer is a form of prayer where we create space in our busy lives to align our hearts with God's heart, where our spirit and God's spirit breathe harmoniously together, and where we plot together to submersively overcome evil with acts of love and goodness. Prayer 
is a collaborative dialogue, a friendship, a two-way street, an intimate dance between lovers. We share with God our joys, hopes, and griefs about the present reality and our loving vision of what God could be and shares with us. Mark Karras Now you might want to think over your own prayer experience. What possibilities are there? Or what have you been missing in this exciting journey of faith? Prayer doesn't require a theology degree or holy living. All prayer requires is a tiny seed of faith that opens our heart to dialogue with God in whatever we want to share. God joins with us in interrelated process for the work of our shared world. We can bring our pain, our hope, our suffering, or our celebration to God. We will grow in our self-esteem and spirituality. So I hope you'll join me in developing this exciting practice on your journey to well-being. Thank you for sharing this episode of Tracks for the Journey. I would like for you to take a moment to rate and review this podcast, and that will help me to spread the message to many others. I want to expand the work, so your financial support is also appreciated. You can give a small gift through the website buymeacoffee.com slash Larry Payne. That will further the work and enable me to expand the reach of these exciting episodes. If you want more information about my work, you can open my website, tracksforthejourney.com, all one word, tracksforthejourney.com. And from that website, you can link to all of the more than 50 episodes that I have produced on a huge variety of subjects. Remember that the transcripts for every episode are available on that website. And I welcome you to share your feedback about Tracks for the Journey. You can go to the Tracks for the Journey Facebook page, or you can just email me directly at trackspodcast at mail.com. Tracks for the Journey is produced at the Bright Star Studio, and all rights are reserved. Hosting is by buzzsprout.com. Music and images are from pixabay.com. Let me encourage you, keep exploring on your journey to well-being.